What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Demling here with y'all as always. Before we get going tonight, don't forget to hit the like button, subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're listening to the audio format on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else where you can get the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast, which practically everywhere, uh, make sure to hit that subscribe button as well. Leave a five-star review as well. All right, a lot, a lot to get to tonight on the podcast. Uh, unfortunately, have to start things off uh, on a more somber note uh, with some bad news, as uh, it was reported uh, yesterday, uh, Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, that uh, by Kevin Brown of Inside World Cross, who was on the ground at the uh, Cornell Maryland uh, fall scrimmage there in Springfield, PA, that Eric Marvin out for the 2023 season for the Maryland Terrapins, a, a, a big hit to this team uh, that, that's already losing a ton of its talent, especially offensively. Practically everyone is back on defense, as we mentioned uh, the other day, uh, last week, uh, when I was breaking down my fall top 10, uh, way too early top 10, whatever the heck you want to call it. Um, going back to that, we mentioned Marvel on, on on offense and as a big piece of this offense that was coming back. We'd mentioned how, hey, defensively, not really that many issues besides uh, holes or question marks, whatever you want to call them, besides uh, what is going to be at the rope unit. Offensively, there's a lot of questions for Maryland. And it looked like Eric Marvel, Kyle Long, your top two returners there on offense, Owen Murphy, you expect is going to step up as well. Um, and one of those guys, Eric Marvel, is not going to be available for this Maryland team in 2023, uh, an absolutely horrific-sounding injury uh, tore his MCL, his ACL, and broke his tibia. So all in his right leg. Uh, we'll have surgery, believe, in a week or two uh, to repair the damage done there uh, to his right knee, right leg. Um, obviously wish him a, a, a speedy and healthy full recovery. Um, you know, want to see him going this time next year. Want to see him going for the Topes in 2024, uh, a very exciting player who's really grown uh, throughout his role, his first two seasons uh, in College Park, came in as a highly rated freshman, uh, but he was a five-star by inside World Cross, out of Woodward Academy there uh, in the Atlanta area, down there in the great state of Georgia, and uh, a guy that came in with a lot of flair, a lot of hype, obviously, and uh, has since lived up to it, right? He's been behind uh, and been involved in some offenses that are extremely good. Uh, he was in that offense in 2021. Obviously, had Jared Bonehart there leading the way, uh, along with a number of other players, including Logos Nowskis, who won the Twilleton again, uh, won the Twilleton this year in 2022, giving Maryland back-to-back Twilleton winners. So, Eric Marvel has been able to learn from and play with some fantastic players, and uh, you know, what he's been for them thus far, his freshman season was a second-line midfielder for the Terps last year, uh, gets the start on attack, starts all uh, 16 or 18 games, however many they played, started every game for Maryland last season, and really was kind of that do-it-all attackman. Now, uh, I will say, this Maryland offense 
you could plug anybody anywhere. Uh, it's been that way for multiple years. You can plug guys in at different spots. It's more of a positionless uh, type attack um, than you see anywhere else in college across. Uh, but he was kind of their, you know, second, uh, the, the third attackman who uh, was a, you know, a secondary option there, but a guy that could do a lot of things well. We've seen him uh, initiate from behind the cage at X. We've seen him get those close, you know, off-ball finishes uh, right there on the doorstep. We've seen him be a passer. We've seen him be a guy who uh, can put the ball in the back of the net in transition. Uh, this is a guy that can do a lot of things, and uh, we expected a lot of big things from him here in 2023. Obviously, are not going to be able to see that. Uh, so some stats here. Uh, Marvel, the fifth leading goal scorer, uh, fifth leading scorer, excuse me, for Maryland in 2022. 26 goals, 22 assists, 48 points on the year. He was the leading point getter returning for this team. Obviously, you lose uh, Logan Wisnowski, you lose Jonathan Donville, you lose Keegan Kahn. And all of those guys are gone. Oh, um, Owen Murphy, Danny Maltz, Daniel Kelly looking like what is going to be that middle attack unit. That's what I would have predicted as being somewhat of a, a, of a uh, unit. You know, before the Marvel injury, you thought, okay, those three guys are going to be the ones that step up. Uh, maybe that's not the entire starting attack unit. You, you see Marvel in there. Uh, but maybe one of those guys, Kelly, whoever – is bumped down and plays midfield or comes out of the box. Um, now that looks like it's going to be the starting attack unit, uh, possibly the starting attack unit. Uh, that, from what I've heard, that is what was uh, what Millen went with on Sunday in the scrimmage against Cornell um, there at Springfield High School in PA. A sold-out crowd, crowd, by the way. Uh, absolutely love to see that. Love to see the sold-out crowds for the fall scrimmages. Um, and great to play it on a Sunday. Don't have to worry about interfering with college football uh, at all. I guess you got NFL, but uh, that's that's what it is. Uh, but, again, fantastic crowd out there in PA um, from, from what I hear, from, from what I read. Um, but uh, Maryland, uh, Owen Murphy, Danny Maltz, Daniel Kelly, is that your starting attack unit? If it is, still a pretty good unit. I'm still not really worried about this Maryland team. They replace as good as anyone else in the country. They've done it before. I think they can do it uh, again now here. Um, and look, this this is something that we're going to have to be able to do uh, even with Owen, uh, excuse me, even with Eric Marvel on that roster as a starter. Ha- not having him there this year uh, is definitely a, a, a throws a wrench into this offense, into uh, what many people thought this Maryland team was going to look like. I don't think it should throw a wrench in the season and say, hey, this is a lost season now. Uh, this is not that kind of Owen Hills type injury where a guy gets injured uh, a week or two before the start of the season um, and you have to change things up you know, in an instant. They've got fall to work things out. And look, Maryland, I've, I said it just a few minutes ago, they reload better than any other team in the country, any other program in the country. John Tillman, his staff, uh, the Bonehart brothers on staff now, both of them, um, uh, two of the three, I should say, uh, he, they will figure this out. 
And uh, I don't think this is going to slow Midland down a bit. Uh, but, 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 but again, Eric Marvel is a big loss for this team. Wish him a, a quick and speedy uh, and full recovery uh, to see him going this time next year and in 2024. Moving on to uh, from College Park down to Charlottesville, Virginia, and on the recruiting trail. So if you've not been following recruiting in the 24 cycle, um, here's a little refreshing. Virginia is killing it. Wallace Tiffany is killing it. Uh, they got the number one player in the class per inside of lacrosse, Ryan Dunkel, uh, just a couple of days into the cycle. They have gotten uh, Sean Brown, Kyle Colsey, two other uh, you know, headlining attackmen uh, in this class uh, in September as well. Sean Brown coming out of Texas, Episcopal School of Dallas. You've got Kyle Colsey coming out of Richfield, Connecticut, his brother, uh, is a freshman at Virginia. Uh, yes, that's the son of Roy Calzy. Um, you've also seen this program get guys like Troy Capstraw, the goalie out of Daphne, Alabama, who I'm a huge fan of. Um, Tommy Snyder, the, the best defender in the class up until this point. Uh, St. Anthony, out of St. Anthony's in New York. This is a uh, program that's been recruiting. Uh, it's been on a recruiting tail since September. They also flipped McCabe Millen, who uh, son of Mark Millen, uh, out of McDonough School there in Maryland, and he was the number one player in the class in the 2023 cycle. They flipped him back on September 5th, uh, but it was a day or two before they got Dunkel uh, in the 24 class. So Maryland, Virginia, has been killing it on the recruiting trail in the 2024 class. And uh, they continued that on Sunday when uh, Luke Hubertz, the defenseman out of Brunswick School in Connecticut, flipped his commitment from Duke to Virginia. He's the second flip in the 2024 cycle. Hunter Aquino, the midfielder uh, out of Academy of the New Church, and PA flipped from Army to Penn State uh, after the September 1st date. He had committed uh, to Army back in July. He flipped to Penn State uh, back uh, in early September as well. He was the first true 24 flip. Um, and obviously, we're not even we're uh, not even two months into the cycle, so I haven't had that many flips yet. Um, but Will Kubert's the, the the biggest one so far. Um, he committed to Duke on September 15th, just 24 days before he uh, changed his mind and flipped to Virginia, uh, a four-star, uh, the fourth inside lacrosse, five-star get for Virginia in the 2024 cycle. Wallace Tiffany, this Virginia program is absolutely killing it on the recruiting trail right now. Um, and getting a guy like Hubert's in there. Well, this is already a Virginia class that I see as the number one class of the 2024 cycle. They got even better on Sunday afternoon uh, with Hubert's announcing that he had flipped into uh, the class from Duke. Uh, this is a guy who is a relentless on-ball defender, a very smart defender, uh, Does a lot, can, can disrupt those passing lanes, uh, both off-ball and on-ball is a guy that's going to stay with his defender through and through. He's got the size of six foot three, 
you know, a starter there at Brunswick, one of the best prep schools in uh, the high school lacrosse scene. This is a guy who has all the tools to trade. Uh, it's clear why he is a, a, a five-star uh, by inside lacrosse. He's ranked in the top 20 as well uh, of their rankings. This is an absolute huge, huge get for Virginia in the 2024 class to add even more talent on top of what they've already done, uh, which has been nothing short of impressive there in Charlottesville. Last thing to get to today, fall snapshot series. Um, I've been doing this since about August, um, mid-August. And I've been churning these things out pretty pretty regularly uh, every day of the week, uh, Monday through Friday, uh, for the past five, six, seven, eight weeks now, um, since August, as I mentioned. So um, we have gone through a lot of teams uh, across the country. I'm going through all 75 Division One teams. Yes, 75 this year, Queens, Wonderwood, hopping in there. Um, I'm going through all 75 teams, and I will be – uh, you know, doing so up through, uh, I think, uh, like uh, beginning of November, uh, late October, like so end of this month, start of next month is when uh, this thing will start to fizzle out. Um, on the podcast, though, I'm highlighting a couple teams here and there each week. Uh, did not get to do that necessarily uh, last week and then didn't have one uh, podcast the week before that. So uh, ha- have a lot of teams to hit on here. And uh, we are going to start that today, uh, getting back on track with the Fall Snapshot Series. Uh, we got a big 10-week coming up here as we uh, will look at Rutgers, uh, Ohio State, and Johns Hopkins. That's coming on, uh, the latter two coming on Thursday's show. Uh, today, we'll be looking at the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. And this is a program that look has been pretty good since – um, Brian Black got there. They have been rising uh, ever since his arrival, pretty much. They had that good 2016 season where I still say they were snubbed for an NCAA tournament bid. Um, this is a program that's been pretty consistent um, in terms of their continual rise. Uh, they've had some ups and downs for sure throughout its history, throughout uh, their time uh, with Black being there. Uh, but last year, they, they hit the promised land, and uh, they made championship weekend for the first time ever. They go 15-4, and 4-1 four, four and one in the Big Ten. Uh, they, 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 were, they beat everybody but Maryland, um, per se. They, they lose to Cornell in that uh, semifinal contest, that game with uh, just lightning after lightning after lightning delay, uh, it, it seemed like. Um, and, look, this is a team that loses – um, a, a good chunk defensively uh, when you look at Joe Gene Felix, Brian Boswell, both gone as coast defensemen, Col- uh, Colin Coast gone in cage as, as a two-year uh, stint there as the starter in goal for Rutgers, who's one of the best goalies in the country. Brennan Kamish, the short stick defensive midfielder, is uh, one of multiple guys at of that unit, that local unit gone there uh, as well on the defensive end. Uh, Mitch Bartolo, Ronan Jacoby, Ryan Gallagher, uh, multiple other guys on offense also gone as well. This is an offense that loses a pretty big chunk of talent. Um, However, I I will say, and we'll start here with the offense, 
Um, this, you know, last year, heading into last year, the kind of talk was, you know, Rutgers loses so much on offense. They lost Cameron Mullins, all these guys that have come back, um, as well as some of the guys they got in via transfer. Uh, Cole, uh, Connor Coast being the most notable of those guys. Um, this year, they actually return a pretty good amount of offense. Now, yes, they do lose Mitch Bartolo. You do lose Ronan Jacoby uh, there, who I, I will agree are gigantic losses to this team. However, Ross Scott was your leading scorer last year, 50 goals, 25 assists. He's back. Uh, was your ex-attackman, was your leading scorer last season, uh, Shane Knobloch. And this is a guy who moved from midfield to attack last season and uh, was really, really good uh, for them. Shane Knobloch, the uh, sophomore midfielder, is also back, 32 goals, 16 assists as well. David Strock is back uh, after being injured last season, missing that entire year. He was the uh, top midfielder for Rutgers in 2021. 17 goals, 10 assists on the year there. Uh, you also have Brian Cameron, the midfielder, is back as well. Knobloch, Cameron, uh, and Cameron's a guy that can play both attack and midfield if needed. Um, you can Sprock, Knobloch, and Cameron, just those midfielders, those true midfielders, that's a pretty good group back. Um, you look at Ross Scott, that's a solid place to start on attack as well. You have Dante Kulis, who also returns. This is a guy who uh, was limited to nine games due to injury as a freshman last season, had nine goals, five assists on the season. That's 14 points there. Uh, six of those uh, came against Stony Brook, uh, where he went four and two in that game. Uh, Nikki Tureski, another younger name to know there. Six goals, seven assists last season. Um, look, this offense loses 141 points between Bartolo, Jacoby, and uh, Ryan Gallagher. Uh, but you return a pretty solid foundation back. Um, and, and returning your offensive leader in Ross Scott is a huge piece as well. So I'm not as concerned about this Rutgers offense as I was heading into last season. Now, could there be a dip? That's absolutely possible. There could be a little bit, bit of a dip. Um, that, that's absolutely plausible that that would happen. Uh, they do get Mitch Baker, the attackman, uh, who played for Team Australia in the U21 uh, games. Uh, used to be 19, now it's 21 because they uh, moved it back um, ridiculously. Uh, but uh, Mitch Baker coming in uh, is a guy from Australia. I'm interested to see what he does. I think Rutgers has a couple good freshmen coming in as well. On that end, uh, Ryan Cordilla, uh there at Bridgewater Raritan, uh, and uh, Andrew Machea, the midfielder out of Culver there in Indiana. Um, so some good freshmen that they get in there that I'm a fan of. Uh, will be interesting to see how they do. But uh, offensively, you got a solid unit returning, solid foundation returning. Uh, biggest question for me is some of those younger guys I mentioned, Donis, Dante Kulis, Nikki Tresky. How do those guys work into the lineup? Are, you know, are they starters? What, who are the guys that step up and all of those players, those glue guys for this Rutgers offense? That's going to help make things work and help make things uh, possibly as good as they were a year ago. 
uh, 14.4 goals per game. That's that that's pretty good. They're one of the best offenses in the country. Um, should you expect that? We'll see. Um, Joey's out on that right now, as as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but should be a good offense coming back. Well, my questions lie with this Rutgers team is on the back end, and we've got to start. Oh, let's start here. So they they get back Ethan Law and they get back Bobby Russo, two absolutely great pulls. Ethan Law. The LSM was a big part of their transition, that NASCAR offense last season. Uh, Bobby Russo, uh, their top close defenseman returning. Brad Apgar is also back. Uh, He was the Salisbury grad transfer, uh, was injured uh, last season, did not, uh, was not injured the entire year, but had a midseason injury that kind of limited him last season. Uh, So uh, we should see him, I I think, back in that rotation here heavily in 2020. Uh, for uh, he had 10 starts last season, the next proven poll uh, after those guys that is back. So who's going to step up there with that um, at close and who's going to be the goalie? Uh, you get Kyle Mullen in, you get Anthony Palmer in, two proven guys at Harvard and Stony Brook. That's a, it looks like a goalie battle between those two for who gets that starting job in cage. I think both are capable I think both are quality guys who can win in the Big Ten. Um, however, neither of them are Colin Coast. You can't replace a guy of his stature, of his caliber, uh, but you can fill the hole that he leaves. And uh, one of those two guys is going to be the one who fills that hole. So the rope unit, short stick defensive midfield spot. I mentioned Ethan Raw is back. At LSM, he was a big part of that transition offense last season. Well, John Jones, the uh, headlining transfer, for me at least, of this uh, transfer hall for Rutgers. They went heavy in the transfer portal once again uh, when they get Joe Newman, the faceoff man from Yale, John Miller, Ryan Decker, Noah Daniels, all defensive midfielders, the two-way midfielders from Bryant, Colgate, and Mount St. Mary's. Zach Conley, a defenseman from Binghamton. We mentioned the two goalies, Palmer and Mullen, and then Jones, uh, defenseman slash LSM, played close and LSM there at Bryant. Um, This is a pretty good defensive haul. This is a pretty good transfer haul overall. I think a lot of these guys are players who, not like we've seen in the past with guys like Mitch Bartolo and and, and such, who were proven um, maybe at the uh, at an upper level, right? Um, but these are guys that were proven at the mid-major level um, and are now coming to Rutgers and looking to elevate their play even more in the Big Ten. Uh, we will see how that goes for this group here in 2023. I think LeJohn Jones uh, is going to be the biggest impact transfer here. Uh, I do like what they've done at the, at the defensive midfield spot with Miller, uh, with those guys coming in Decker um, there as well as I know. I'm not missing missing a guy here uh, for uh, that I just mentioned here. Um, Daniels, that's it. Noah Daniels coming from Mount St. Mary's uh, was one of the best uh, true defensive midfielders in the NEC last season, second to Donovan Lacey, who is now at Maryland. So, uh, yeah, a, a, a lot of good defensive midfielders, a, a, a solid group of them when you get three um, 
to replace what you lose in that group, uh, which is not only good in Camish, uh, there, uh, but also lose when you look at exactly Fankowski, uh, as well as Colt Daniger, who is now at Jacksonville. So Rutgers has got a lot of questions, a lot of pieces that need to be answered. Uh, but when you look at the trajectory of this program and where things have been going the past couple of seasons, the biggest question people have is, can they do it without the portal? And I think that is going to be the biggest question um, with this team. Like beyond, like beyond you know, who's the starting goalie and what does this rope unit look like and who, who who's that third starting defenseman, or, you know, beyond any of those kind of simple 10 questions. Can this team get it done with the talent audio on the roster? And that's going to be seen offensively. That's going to be seen defensively as well. Besides, like these transfers are very good. They get in a lot of good transfers. I like this transfer class. Besides that, though the guys on this roster are going to have to step up. The younger players on this roster are going to have to step up. It's recruiting season. A lot has been made. A lot has been said to me about Rutgers and their recruiting. Why are they not recruiting at the same level as a Maryland, as a Michigan even, um, or a Penn State? Like Why is that not the case? Ohio State. Why are they recruiting not at the biggest level of the Big Ten? I know a lot of different answers to that question. I'm not necessarily the one to ask that. Um, and we could make a whole podcast on that question alone. Um, but the transfer market has been very kind to Rutgers. They've used it to their ability. The biggest thing for this team, if they want to get back to championship weekend, is these guys at Dante Kulis, uh, like on this roster, have to step up. And the talent from within has to start showing itself on that top end. Not that it hasn't before, not that it hasn't done that before, but it has to start doing that again. I mentioned Ross Scott is a guy who's been there. Bobby Russo, a guy who's been there. Um, you know, so this talent has very much shown that at the top level. But uh, all they like all those holes, those kind of second tier guys, is that going to be filled with these transfers or all these all these? Younger uh, guys, offensively especially, going to be able to step up and fill those gaps. I think defensively, uh, very transfer heavy in many areas. Offensively, I, I know I've mentioned his name a hundred times uh, on here, but Dante Kulis, uh is a guy that that, that I look at. Um, Shane Knobloch is also a guy who is a sophomore last year, has developed very well his first two seasons, right? Um, so Rutgers. Uh, can they return to championship weekend? I will see. Uh, I have them as number 10 in my fall top 10. Uh, right now, I think they're a very good team. I think they're probably the second best, second or third best team in the Big Ten once again, uh, along with Ohio State. I think they're a bit closer to Ohio State this year than they were a year ago. Uh, so we'll see how things pan out for Coach Brecht and the squad there on the banks in New Jersey this season. Uh, but this is a, a, a team that should be pretty good once again. Now, again, there are a lot of questions with this team. If they can answer those, I think the sky's the limit for this program in 2023. If they can't, um, I still think they're a pretty good – I still think they're a tournament team who uh, has a chance to win the Big Ten when you look at everything else that conference has in it coming into this season. So I'm pretty bullish on Rutgers and what their prospects are in 2023. Uh, but I, I would not say 
I am as high on them or think that uh, they are going to be as good as they were in 2022. All right, folks, that is it for today's episode. As always, thank you all for tuning in. If you're doing so on YouTube or via the podcast audio format, as always, you can connect with us on social media at Lacrosse Bucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season. You can listen to the Lacrosse Bucket podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcast. And now you can watch it on YouTube at Lacrosse Bucket. Don't forget to like the video, subscribe, and on the audio format, leave a five-star review. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you all on Thursday.